reading for our text tonight from 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. I'll read verses 1 through 5. 1 Thessalonians 5, verses 1 through 5. But of the times and the seasons, brethren, ye have no need that I write unto you. For yourselves know perfectly that the day of the Lord so cometh as a thief in the night. For when they shall say peace and safety, then sudden destruction cometh upon them as travail upon a woman with child, and they shall not escape. But ye, brethren, are not in darkness, that that day should overtake you as a thief. Ye are all the children of light, and the children of the day, we are not of the night, nor of darkness. Most commentators or scholars, we could say, believe that First and Second Thessalonians are Paul's earliest letters. In Acts chapter 7, we find Paul and Silas at Thessalonica, and I believe Acts 17 is the first time that Thessalonica is mentioned in the Bible. And it says in the 17th chapter of Acts that Paul was here three Sabbath days. So he went to the synagogue, the Bible says, three Sabbath days in a row. And the Jewish people, they were used to gathering on the Sabbath day. And so they listened to Paul as he explained the scriptures to them. Paul was trying to convince them that the Messiah had indeed come. So what scriptures were they referring to where they no doubt had opened the Pentateuch, the law of Moses, and they were waiting for the Messiah. But he points back to Jesus and said, he's the one. He he suffered, he died, and he rose again. He was much more than a teacher. Likely they had heard about the Lord's teachings after this many years after the Lord had come. He was much more than even just a worker of miracles. He was much more than a prophet. Paul was telling them that he was and is God in the flesh, the Son of God, and that it was finished what they had been hoping for and what they had been looking forward to. And the Bible says in Acts 17 that there were some that did believe, but unfortunately many didn't believe. And it's sort of a common occurrence in the early church. Those that did not believe, they get all riled up. They're all fired up, and the Bible says they move with envy, and they say that Paul and Silas, they had turned the world upside down. Well, Jesus had. They were used to approaching God in a certain way, a certain manner, and everything had changed, and that's what Paul and Silas were trying to get for them to understand. Jesus did change everything, their way of worship, the way that they were to approach God. Their allegiance, everything had changed. And they even claimed that Paul and Silas were saying there's another king other than Caesar. And they were. And so the people were so upset that if you read in Acts 17, it appears that Paul and Silas, they have to shuffle away at night, late, for fear of their safety. And the Bible says that they go to a place called Berea after this time. It's maybe 45 to 50 miles away from Thessalonica. But the gospel had been established 
at this place. In verse 1, chapter 1 of this particular letter, it says that Silas and Timothy are involved, as Paul writes, to this church. And although these are likely his first two letters, they're probably Paul's most in-depth analysis of end-time events, or his most in-depth analysis of the Lord's second coming. In fact, in all eight chapters, there's five chapters in First Thessalonians and, and three in Second Thessalonians, they all refer to either directly or indirectly the Lord's return in some manner. And apparently the church had some misunderstandings about the second coming, and Paul does an incredible job of clearing up whatever it was that they misunderstood. Probably one of the most comforting passages in all of the Bible is just previous to our text in the fourth chapter at the end. Very, very familiar words where he says, For the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel and with the trump of God, and the dead in Christ shall rise first. How many of us have had dreams about this or, or, or thoughts about this that I don't want to miss it? It's this scripture here. Then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up or snatched away together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And so shall we ever be with the Lord. But he says, wherefore, comfort one another with these words. With the world in chaos, a world in confusion, a world backwards, with the deception of this world, the deceit of this world, we find hope in the scripture. We find comfort. We are encouraged by these words. This, this world is not our home. But I really believe in, we are living in chapter 5. We could say verses 1 through 11 or verses 1 through 5, what I read as our text. Paul's explaining what it will look like on earth at the time of Christ's return. He says again in verse 1, But of the times and the seasons, brethren, ye have no need that I write unto you. He's saying we are looking for a time frame or a season that will be apparent to you and me that Christ is coming back. We will be living in a season of the Lord's second return that we see around us. The point of the signs on earth is to point to a season, to point to a time in which Christ would return. And we are living in that season, no doubt, right now. I want to give three current event examples pointing to the fact, signs that we can say that are showing that Jesus Christ is coming soon, that we're living in the very season, the time of the Lord's return. July 20th, 2022, New York Times, Russia taps Iran and Turkey as allies against the U.S., July 19th, 2022, CBC News, Putin meets with leaders of Iran, Turkey, to show Russia has allies. Similarly, July 19th, 2022, CBS News, Putin meets with the leaders of Iran, Turkey, and Tehran. July 20th, 2022, Jerusalem Post, Iran, Russia, Turkey meeting in Iran aimed to reshape region. Meanwhile, Iran wants the U.S. to leave Syria so that they can use it to threaten Israel. The prophet Ezekiel predicted this to happen. Ezekiel 38, 16, And thou shalt come up against my people of Israel as a cloud to cover the land. It shall be in the latter days. And I will bring thee against my land. Ezekiel, in advance, prophesied that this union would happen exactly as we see it fulfilled before our very eyes because we're living in the very season of the return of Jesus Christ. 
Some believe that this battle takes place just prior to the tribulation. Some perhaps early on in the tribulation. I remember Brother John Friesen mentioning that. I think it was around 2002 or 2003. We're not really sure, but we can see that their rhetoric is against Israel. And the Bible says that this alliance would take place and they would come against Israel in the latter days. We're living in the season of the Lord's return. Our second sign, July 13th, 2022, House approves measure to share information on UFO reports. Did you notice this in the news over and over again all of a sudden? May 17th, 2022, NPR.org. The military's database now has info from about 400 reported incidents concerning UFOs. Time.com. Congress holds the first UFO hearing in 50 years. July 19th, 2022, UFOs are becoming a much bigger priority for Congress. The Bible clearly speaks of increased deception at the season of the Lord's return. At the time of Christ's second coming. 1 Timothy 4.1, now, now the Spirit speaketh expressly. That in the latter time some shall depart from the faith, giving heed to seducing spirits and doctrines of Devils. I believe many of these sightings are simply the works of the enemy, the works of demons. And in 2 Thessalonians 2.11, it says, For this cause God shall send them strong delusion that they should believe a lie. You can see it before our very eyes. Society putting a narrative in place for what will happen when in an instantaneous moment, we can say millions are raptured and disappeared off the earth. An explanation of deceit. Most of the world will not say it was the second coming of Christ. They will be deceived. And the scripture speaks about the spirit of the Antichrist already at work in the world today. Increased deception and deceit is everywhere in our society. Our third sign. Recently, the European Council for Nuclear Research, known as CERN, was in the news. On July 5th, their Hadron Collider was started back up for a period of four years. This is an atomic particle collider, and what they're doing is they're smashing protons together. And actually, if you read from their website, it's at unprecedented energy Levels. They actually don't really know what's going to happen. They want to study the origin of the universe, according to their website, to advance the boundaries of human knowledge and to under, uncover what the universe is made of and how it works. The problem is they leave God out. And this has been started up before, and it was started up here recently, and they really don't know what will happen. There's talk of the God particle, but they are anti-God. And if you look at, really, their signet, it looks like a false God, so to speak. Daniel said, but thou, old Daniel, shut up the words and seal the book, even to the time of the end. Many shall run to and fro, and knowledge shall be increased. 
And if we look at this particular example, we see deception increased. And we see knowledge increased. And, and we can see across the world knowledge being increased. And, and some have referred to the availability of God's word. It's more available today than ever. I believe this is not just worldly knowledge, but the availability of God's word. How on your phone you can search a word and in a moment you can find what used to take hundreds of hours of research. But Daniel said that knowledge would be increased. We see in the New Testament world, deception would be increased. In Revelation 9, we find of a bottomless pit opened up. Talk about a portal. Some very ugly things are released on the earth. The point is, this is the sign. This is the season in which Jesus Christ will come back. If we go back to our text, he says, For yourselves know perfectly that the day of the Lord so cometh as a thief in the night. A lot of times we think of a thief of the night and when Christ would return that you have no idea when the thief would come. But Jesus used that example that you would be prepared for the thief. In verse 2 he says, For when they shall say peace and safety, then sudden destruction cometh upon them as travail upon a woman with child, and they shall not escape. And we know in Matthew 24, when there's the discussion of signs that would come, that they would be more often and they would be closer together, just as when a woman is in travail here in verse 3. But he says, but ye, brethren, are not in darkness that that day should overtake you as a thief. We are not in darkness. That that day would overtake us as a thief. It overtakes the one that is not ready as a thief. But ye, brethren, are not in darkness that that day should overtake you as a thief. But ye are all the children of light and the children of the day. We are not of the night nor of darkness. We've got no excuse. We know the Lord's coming back. The signs are in place that the Lord would come back. You could go hours going after sign, studying sign after sign of the Lord's return, confirming that we are in the season. We are in the time frame. We know that Christ's return is near. He says, let us not sleep as do others, but let us watch and be sober. Wake up, he's saying. Let us not sleep. Let us not slumber spiritually. Now let's not have a prayer life that is cold. Let us not lack in our relationship with the Lord. For they that sleep, sleep in the night, and they that be drunken are drunken in the night. We can get drunk with anything that would be in front of our relationship with the Lord. You talk about the idols in the Old Testament, they set up groves. The groves are set up today in our culture as well. They just look different. But let us who are of the day, he says in verse 8, be sober, putting on the breastplate of faith and love and for an helmet, the hope of salvation. And we talk about receiving our salvation, being justified. But there's a further hope that one day we would be raptured. You want to talk about a salvation. That's the hope we're looking forward to. He says, for God hath not appointed us to wrath. That is the day of vengeance on this earth, the day of tribulation that will come, but to obtain salvation by our Lord Jesus Christ. We believe in a pre-tribulation rapture who died for us that whether we wake, that's those of us that are alive or sleep, the dead in Christ, we should live together with him. And I like how he closes it out by saying, wherefore, comfort yourselves together and edify, edify one another, even as also ye do. We are encouraged. 
We are blessed. We are of the light. We are of the day. We want to be sober. Sober. We want to edify one another with these words. Be encouraged by these words. This is not a downer. This is to lift up. This is to point to Jesus. This is to be ready. We have a lost world that needs to know that Jesus is coming soon, even as also ye do. And so we have an opportunity tonight to confirm in our hearts that we're ready. We have an opportunity tonight to look within. And, and if there's something there where we feel like that we lack, or, or there's a something different than what it used to be between you and the Lord, take this opportunity. It's very obvious that Christ is coming back. There's no question. We want to be ready, and we can be ready. These can be words of hope, words of encouragement, and I believe they are too. All of us here tonight, or if you're listening in, let's have a time of prayer. The song is 765. Come out and seek the Lord.